What he's saying here, this is a brilliant insight from a brilliant man. What he's saying is, if we're going to be wise stewards, if we're going to handle our money and possessions correctly, you have to make sure that you have the right perspective. Because your eye in your body is how you see things. And we have to see our money and possessions clearly. And make sure that we have the right perspective if we're going to do the right things with our money and possessions. All of us see the world through a certain set of lenses, so certain, certain eyes. These lenses are created by a number of factors. Our family, our upbringing, our education, our life experience, the social circle that you run with. These, these all flow into uh, how we see life. For instance, I grew up in Southgate, California. I was raised by an electrician and his wife who were from Oklahoma who lived through the Great Depression. That affected the way they handled their money, the way they went at at life. They had had a bad experience early on. They had put some money down on a house, lost the money, or I think my dad had. Actually, I think he was engaged to another woman before my mom, and he put the money down lost lost it on this house. So it, it sort of shaped my dad. He, he bought two barracks at March Air Force Base, tore them down, board by board, took the wood to Southgate, California, and built the house with his own hands that we lived in. That, that's, that flows out of their perspective on living through the Great Depression and deciding not to go into debt to, to own a house. One reason he did it is because the wood was green after World War II, so people were building houses with this new wood. And it was sort of bending and cracking. So he thought, I'll go get the old wood. It's cheap. Went and got the old wood, built the house. Kind of amazing. But anyway, this shaped, this shaped me the way they went out life. Of course, the other thing that shaped me was I was the baby of the family, 12 years younger than my sister. And my mom used to say I was just too tired to say no. And so that, that also shaped me. Okay, that, that, that affected me. All right, that really got me, and I've had to overcome that aspect of my upbringing in a lot of ways. Anyway, based on these kinds of factors, we see and understand the world in a certain way. Thomas Kuhn exposed the reality that almost every noteworthy advancement in science is, at its core, a break with the old way of looking at things. It, It was, we would... We'd break, to make an advancement, you have to break with the old way and begin to see things in a different way. That's how spiritual growth occurs. It occurs as you break from an old way of seeing things and begin to see things in a new light, from a new perspective. That's what Jesus is talking about in that passage. In this series, we're looking at God's viewpoint toward money and possessions and trying to learn how to put his way into practice. How do we live that out? So ground zero in the right perspective, and the theme we've been launching from in each message is, God's current financial provision for my life is enough. It's enough for me. He's provided enough. If, if you can gain this perspective, you have a great foundation for managing your money and possessions. That is priceless, that perspective right there. It's very crucial. 
I'd like you to hear a testimony from Mark Gresick. He's actually going to help me with this message this morning. Um, he's, he's a guy who, uh, Mark and Jeannie got involved in CIV over 15 years ago, I don't know how, but they met Janet Pavero, or Jeannie met Janet Pavero at uh, uh, Dimebar Library story reading time with the kids, and then they began to attend CIV. Mark wasn't a follower of Christ. He hadn't decided to commit his life to Christ when they began to follow so over the first few months, he had questions. We'd get together. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'd get together, and I, we'd talk about the questions, walk through the answers to them. He dug into the Bible, did a lot of investigating on his own. After several months, he decided to follow Christ. And Mark has taken on different levels of responsibility here in church life. He's led several things. One of the key stepping stones in his growth in his relationship to the Lord, was this area that we're talking about today of finances and debt. So I'm going to let him tell you his story. I decided to follow Christ in early 1994. It was through a men's Bible study in which I decided to really get into and read what the Bible had said. It was actually through this group in my reading of the scriptures that it became clear what I really needed to do. Uh, in particular, it was a statement I read as part of the life application notes that was in the Bible I had purchased. And it went something like this. Now that I know the truth about Jesus and his offer of salvation, uh, failure to make a decision was the same as saying no to his offer. Before becoming a Christian, um, I could say that I really adopted the world's values. Uh, you know, sort of the getting what you want, um, happiness comes from having and not worrying about having. Um, I kind of thought like, you know, debt. It's the American way. Um, and you can have what you want as long as you can afford all the payments. And, and I actually didn't even like dealing with management of money. Eventually, I figured something would magically happen. I would get like some big sum of money, a magic key, something would happen and I would just be able to pay off all the debt. But after becoming a Christian, I began to see things from a different perspective. Um, there was this notion of stewardship versus being an owner of everything. Uh, putting God first in everything that I, I did, um, being faithful to what he has granted me. Um, I began to realize that my trend in spending, uh, for, especially as related to debt, was not good. And I needed to do things differently. However, I still had these values that kind of I had adopted that were kind of well inbred. It was about 1991. Um, both my wife and I were working, and we had sold a home that we had in Ontario and moved to Phillips Ranch. Um, as a result of moving out, we paid off you know, all of our outstanding consumer debt, and all we had was a house and two car payments. And we had also made the decision at that time for Jeannie to become a stay-at-home mom to raise our daughter. However, um, my biggest problem was that I kept allowing us to spend like we had two incomes. What happened with us was it eventually came to a place where there's really nowhere else for us to go. I had been using and maxed out all the credit lines that I had, you know, trying to keep uh, ends meet. And I was becoming now late on payments for everything. And we were actually at a point where we didn't even have enough money coming in to cover the obligations that we had. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I actually started thinking about bankruptcy as a potential option. I knew I needed to take responsibility. I needed to become a good steward. Uh, I needed to take what he said seriously. And I had been trusting in myself to provide, but now I just really needed to give it over to him. 
somehow several verses had come into my life that kind of really spoke to me at this time. Uh, one of them was John 14:21, who said, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And also there was one from Deuteronomy 5:29 that said, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and to keep all my commands always, so that might go well with them and their children forever. And then as it related to the bankruptcy thoughts, um, I came across you know, uh, Psalm 37:21, where it says, The wicked borrow and do not repay. Um, or Proverbs 22, uh, 26 and 27, which said, Do not be a man who strikes his hand in a pledge or puts up security for debts. If you do, lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from you. And then also you know, Psalm 15, 4, uh, the first part of it, which said, um, Who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Regarding the length of time, you know, one of the things that I think anybody will need to realize is that it's likely going to take you just as long to get out of a problem as it took you to get into it. You know, For us, that process took between five and six years. First of all, I did, like I mentioned before, I had taken responsibility. I, was, I, I decided to become obedient. Uh, next thing was just really to turn it over to God. He owns it all anyway. And then another important thing is really to get wise counsel from others. And then the next thing is really just to kind of get an accurate inventory and assessment of your situation. And then immediately start giving back to God. Put Him first. You know, part of what Matthew says is to seek first His kingdom. And then really put together a plan. And this is where I had to make some very hard decisions. I had to change lifestyle. You know, I had to spend less, uh, you know, less than what we earn in order to keep going. And really, um, through this, it basically gave God a chance to um, you know, really provide for us. God has eliminated so much stress that I used to have about this whole situation. You know, the peace that I got almost immediately was amazing. Over the years, um, we continuously had, uh, had given back to God and you know, we started very small and began building you know, up as, as we went along. And one thing I can say about that is you really can't outgive Him. We usually found the unexpected blessings all along the way. It helps to have scripture verses that you can hold on to also, and hold on to and meditate while you're going through things. For me, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 through 10 became one of my life verses. And that is, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with all your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop, then your barns will be filled and overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now as I go back to that verse, there's something in each line of that for me that's very specific. You know, trusting in the Lord, that was one of the things I really needed to do. I was trusting in myself. And then in the second part of it was, you know, acknowledge him. So whatever I did, I just needed to acknowledge him and he would help set me in the right path. And then not being wise in my own eyes, but really taking God seriously for what he said and what he, he had taught us. And then that the verse about bringing health to your body, I mean, that's really where a lot of stress starts to go away. And so I could really see that and, and feel that. And then honoring the God, honoring God with all your wealth and for the first fruits of your crop. I mean, that was sort of putting him first, um, starting to give back to him. And then who didn't want, you know, barns that would be filled to overflowing, so. As we went through this, you know, we experienced challenges along the way. We had to stick with our plan, um, but, you know, we made sacrifices. And there was pain as we made those sacrifices. But as I followed my plan, God was very faithful. and He provided peace and blessings along the way. 
Eventually we looked up and we found that we had actually um, basically reversed that situation and was able to move on from there. That was a clinic right there. <laughs> he, he laid it out there. I really appreciate the help. Um, Mark's co-leading the seminar that's coming up next week, Getting Traction With Your Money, with Greg Fuller. So it would really be a helpful thing to go to. I'd encourage you to do that. But as you can see, he and Jeannie have lived through what we're, what we're talking about. The lens, what Jesus was saying, and as you noticed, Mark began to filter his perspective through the Scripture. And it began to flow into the way he handled things. What Jesus is saying is the lens of truth clarifies our perspective. It, it brings the right things into focus. So let's look at what the Bible says about the reality of debt. First dose of reality, the real cost of debt is freedom. Proverbs 22.7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrow, borrower becomes the lender's slave. When you use consumer debt to support a lifestyle that you really can't afford, you exchange money for freedom. The bank gives you money, and you give up freedom, some of your freedom to get the money that they give. You're presuming on a certain level of income in the future. Your, your options get more and more narrow. The average American family own, owes at least $9,000 on credit cards. And I, one place I looked said 15000 but I so I just chose 9000 at least. If you cut up your credit cards today and paid the minimum payment, it would take 47 years to pay off $9,000 of credit. So what's happening is some of us are, are paying for meals that we ate four or five years ago plus. Today we're still paying on those meals. We have money-colored handcuffs. That are, that are holding us down and keeping us from doing, from what, doing what we should do or really what we want to do. Debt limits your opportunity. When a need arises, you really want to help someone, it limits that. It limits your generosity. When a training opportunity arises, you'd like to get some training, cost money, maybe to get there, to go there, whatever, it limits that opportunity. It if you have a ministry opportunity, it's going to require you to spend some money to get involved. It limits that. So the real cost of debt is freedom. There's a real limiting factor to it. Dose of reality number two. Consumer debt is almost always an attempt to break an unbreakable law. Here's one of the laws, and we come back to this every once in a while because it's, it's such a factor in life and we need to focus on it. Galatians 6-7. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Here's the unbreakable law. You're going to eat in the future what you're planting today. This is a basic core reality of life. If we want good stuff in the future, we've got to start planting the seeds of what we want today. It's because whatever we're planting, good or bad, is going to grow into what we eat in the future. We mock God. This verse says God cannot be mocked. Um, we mock God by not taking him seriously, by not understanding basic laws of reality like this that he's clued us into. These laws, if you try to work around them, they're unbreakable, and they will break you. You will break yourself against them. 
One of these laws in here, and what we're talking about is you reap what you sow. The best stuff grows through delayed gratification. And the worst stuff grows when we dive into immediate gratification. Since this is the reality, what should I do to get out of debt? Dave Ramsey, I said last week, he said, if you read Proverbs over and over and over again, you'll eventually have a master's degree in finance. And so we're going to get some advice from Proverbs 6 and dig in and see what it says about debt. First of all, make immediate changes. Don't wait. If you find yourself in a hole, if you're in debt and you feel buried or you are buried, make immediate changes. Proverbs 6. My son, if you have become surety for your neighbor, have given a pledge for a stranger, if you've been snared with the words of your mouth, have been caught with the words of your mouth, do this, my son, and deliver yourself. Since you have come into the hand of your neighbor, go, humble yourself, and importune your neighbor. Do something now. Is what that passage is saying. People in debt have two instincts that only make things worse. I know this from personal experience. Two instincts. First of all, they try to cover up the fact that they're in a hole, in trouble, and in debt. Secondly, they hold on to parts of their lifestyle that are driving them into debt, and they refuse to let those go. Notice a key phrase in this passage, humble yourself. That's what's going to be required to get out of debt. It's actually what's required to get out of any trouble you find yourself in. But especially if you find yourself in a hole in debt, this is the key. God, I have gone on my own. I have overspent. I have refused to let the things go that I refuse to let go of in my lifestyle that are driving me into debt. I have wasted money. I have lived beyond my means. Lord, would you help me right now? You humble yourself before God. You may need to humble yourself before your spouse and kids. Say, you know what? We've been living at a, at a level we can't, we just can't keep this up. We're spending more than we make. We've got to shift. You may need to humble yourself before someone and ask their advice. It's humbling to lay out your finances before someone and say, what do you think I should do? You, you might need to do that. It takes humility. To look over every part of our life and radically change what is driving you into debt. It requires humility to change anything. To admit that you're wrong. To admit that, wow, this, this way of living and seeing things is not working out too well for me. This isn't going that great. I'm going to have to change. But especially in this area, as you're getting more and more in debt, to live at a lower level of lifestyle requires humility. Next, decide to do whatever it takes. Proverbs 6, 4, give, give no sleep to your eyes nor slumber to your eyelids. Don't go to sleep until you figure out what you're going to do about this and begin to do it. I like Dave Ramsey, what he says here. You can wander into debt, but you can't wander out. It takes increased passion. There's an orbital pull, a negative force. You have to break the orbital pull of debt, and it requires extra energy to do that. You've got to get gazelle intense. You, I can hear Ramsey saying that, you know, on the radio or whatever. So we run, this is three, run from new debt. Run. Verse 5, deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hunter's hand and like a bird from the hand of a fowler. Here's, here's a gazelle running from a cheetah. 
That's the guy from the bank picking up the the gazelle, calling in the loan. (laughs) I love that clip. It's actually from a Spanish-speaking commercial from another country. I'm not quite sure, but I love that. Thompson's gazelles can reach a speed of 50 miles an hour running. Cheetahs, unfortunately, run 62 miles an hour. But the gazelle can outlast the cheetah. So you see the gazelle. The gazelle's doing this, just trying to stay alive, hoping it doesn't stumble. Just just running as fast as it can, hoping it can outlast the cheetah. That's what it takes to get out of debt. You've you got to get moving as fast as you can to get out of debt. That's the picture in Scripture. Very important picture. Finally, you can rely on God for strength and help. He'll give you the strength you need. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. God's current financial provision for you and I is enough. If you're a follower of him, you have him. He has promised to be with you as you walk through this. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, he has promised to to walk with you through it. That's enough. That's everything you need. I was reading uh, Charles Spurgeon this week. I usually get into scripture and I read something a little extra. Look at what Spurgeon said. He's a, an old-time pastor from England. He said this, In this promise, God gives to his people everything. I will never leave thee. Then no attribute of God can cease to be engaged for us. Is he mighty? He will show himself strong on behalf of them that trust him. Is he love? Then loving kindness will he have mercy upon us. With loving kindness he will have mercy upon us. Whatever attributes may come the character of deity, every one of them, to its fullest extent, shall be engaged on our side. We, we have to draw on his strength. We have to rely on him. Don't try to do life yourself. I've experienced the strength that God provides. If you rely on him, he'll give it. Go to God and ask for help. This is, this is how Joseph, Joseph's one of the heroes from the Old Testament. I love his story. Um, his brothers were jealous of him, sold him into slavery. In slavery in Potiphar's house, he rises to oversee the whole house. His, he gets falsely accused of something, thrown in prison. He's rotting in prison, but rises to a level where he's overseeing what's going on in the prison. Pharaoh finds out he ends up being number two in command in Egypt. Pretty, pretty amazing story. In each of the rotten circumstances that Joseph found himself in, he chose to focus on being faithful to God in the middle of those circumstances. And God came through for him. At the close of his life, Jacob, Joseph's dad, his father, was reviewing the character of each of his sons and giving a final blessing or not a blessing to each of those sons. It's kind of an interesting thing to read. This is what they used to do in those days. But he was rehearsing each of his sons, their character, what they were like, giving a real honest assessment of what was going on. This is what he said about Joseph. 
But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, by the God of your father who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you. The promise in this verse, what God did for Joseph, applies to everybody here who will trust God. If you'll just trust him, he will strengthen your arms. He will help you work through debt. He will help you work through whatever struggle you're working through. Notice the picture. The picture I see in this verse is of a father who's trying to show a six-year-old or so, six- or seven-year-old son how to shoot an arrow, how to shoot a bow. And the picture is he's he's reaching over and kind of strengthening his arm just where he needs it and helping him pull back the bow so he could get a feel for it. This, This is what God will do as we trust him. I've experienced this over and over and over again. God will let you do it yourself. He'll let you give it a try. But if you'll rely on him, he will give you the strength you need to work through things, to, to, to live life to the best that you can imagine. Don't tackle debt and finances on your own. Ask God for help. He'll give it. As you're paying your bills this week, as you're thinking those things through, offer a prayer of thanks to God for provision that he's been enough, that you're here, that you're alive, you have food and clothing. Offer a prayer of thanks to him. And then ask him to provide the energy you need and the resources you need to crawl out of a hole if you're in one or to keep moving forward in a way that honors him if you're not. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, I want to ask you to consider giving your life to him today. Think that through. Consider giving your life to him. This is what Jesus said. This is the verse following the ones that we read earlier that Jesus taught. Verse uh, 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. We have to make a decision. We have to decide who we're going to serve with our lives. Anything, Bible's perspective is, anything that takes the place of God as our number one priority in life is an idol. And we've got to choose. Are we going to serve that idol, for instance, wealth, Or are we going to serve God? If you choose to serve God and follow his son, Jesus Christ, he will lead you to the best possible life. So I want to encourage you to consider that today. He's going to help you. He's going to be there. He will give you. He will give you what you need because he is enough to walk through things with you. I'd like to wrap up the message this morning uh, by asking you to think through some next steps. Uh, that you could possibly take. If you would, please pull your connection card uh, out of the program and use this time to fill out any information or next steps. I'm going to list some next steps. There's a place on the back of the card to check a next step. And when the offering comes by, uh, you can drop it in the offering basket. But here, here are my suggestions for next steps. First of all, memorize Proverbs 22.7. Great reminder. Debt is slavery. So I want to think about it. I want to come out up with a plan to get out of it. Second, ask for God's help with your finances every day this week. If you're struggling, this is an area of trouble for you, ask for his help every day this week to get out of debt, to deal with your finances in a way that honors him.
Another step, attend the Getting Traction with Your Money seminar that's coming up. And then finally, if you haven't yet decided to follow Christ, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and will follow him as Lord. I'm just going to decide to do that. He's shown me himself. He's shown me who he is, and I'm ready to do that. If you're ready to take that step, let us know about it. We'd love to help you uh, with figuring out what all that means. So just let us know. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we're really glad you're here. We have a gift for you. As you go through those double doors to the left, there's a little taller table, and it has a book on it, What on Earth Am I Here For? You can pick that up and really hope that helps as you read through that. Would you pray with me as the band comes up? Father, we thank you for your truth that clarifies our perspective. We thank you for the help that you give. You're right here with us, God. If we'll, if we'll turn to you, decide to follow you, and allow you to lead us, God, you will give us everything we need to work through all that we're facing in life. Help us, Father, to do this in your strength, to take these steps in a way that honors you for your glory and our blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.